Welcome back, dear listeners. This is Charlotte, Creative and Technical Director at Evidence for Faith. We're going to take a little detour this week um, and take a break from our Science in the Bible series and switch over to Ephesians 2.10. Riverside Bible Camp recently had us come to their annual family camp and ask us to speak on Ephesians 2.10. So as always, you can find the full video version, PowerPoint, worksheet, and other resources at our website at evidenceforfaith.org. You can also directly support this broadcast and help us keep it free by donating at evidenceforfaith.org slash give. And with that, here is Michael Lane in The Masterpiece, our first lesson in Ephesians 2.10. Um, we're going to be talking tonight, as you can see, I titled this The Masterpiece. Um, when I was asked to come and speak, I was... Um, I was told that the, uh, the, there was going to be like a theme verse or something, and it was Ephesians 2.10. Now, they, um, I was told, you know, that's what we want to focus on, but you don't have to focus on that. And I said, that's fine, because that's one of my favorite passages in the Bible, Ephesians 2.10. That's a great, great verse. Um, Ephesians uh, 2, 8, and 9, a lot of us have memorized. It's one that you memorize a lot of times in Sunday school, but a lot of times we don't ever look at verse 10 for some odd reason. And that's an important verse, and we're going to get into that. So this weekend, we're going to be talking about that verse, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, is what we're going to focus on. So with that, and as you can see, I've got some things up here, and uh, I'm going to be using this, and I've got a hammer. Uh-huh, dangerous thing in my hands, no doubt. Um, I have a couple of chisels here, too, so I have some chisels, and I have some other little statues and stuff. So, as we get into this, let's open a prayer, ask God to bless our time, and we'll get into this uh, deeply, and hopefully the Holy Spirit's going to speak to you tonight as we go through this, okay? Father God, we thank you, and we come before you, and we just ask for your blessing. We ask that your spirit, Lord, help us to focus upon you, that, Lord, you do the teaching. Lord, that I know there's many things going on in our lives and in the world today that can be a major distraction, but I pray that your Holy Spirit work upon us right now to help us to focus upon you. Leaving the world's cares behind right now, let's focus upon you. Lord, what would your Spirit have to teach us tonight? That's what we ask for. And we pray this for your honor and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. I got a block here. Isn't he cute? Yeah, it's just a, it's a hard block. That's hard. Big block. And um, you can see something is starting to form in here. But I got to tell you a story first. Many years ago, long time ago, I visited an art studio. And at this art studio, there was an artist working. Imagine that. Uh, there was a guy who was working. And he was standing with a block of stone, similar to this, it's not the same one, but he was standing there and he had a hammer and chisel. And as I came in, I asked this guy what he was doing as he's sitting here hammering away on this thing. And he said to me this, Now, I'll never forget it because it was so profound. He says, pointing at the block of, block of stone, which just looked like a block of stone. It, had no, it was just a block of stone. There was no image or anything, but he said this. There is a statue inside of here. 
that I've got to get it out. I've got to release it. And I looked at it and I said, where? He says, it's deep inside. What I have to do is remove the pieces that don't belong. The pieces that make it ugly. That's what I'm doing using a hammer and a chisel. That was a long time ago. I was very young. It was back when the earth was cooling when that happened. But then again, there was another time I was down in the Bahamas. I used to live in the Bahamas. It's where I met my wife, Denise, but this was way before that. In Nassau, where, uh, where I used to live on the island of New Providence, they had an old-fashioned straw market. It's, if you've been there, it's different than it was back in the 70s. Um, 70s, oh my gosh, he is ancient. That's ancient history of these kids. Never even heard of it. I thought that's like George Washington days or something. In the straw market, there were artists that used to sit in there and they would carve, you could walk up, they still do this down there, but you could go up and a guy would be carving out of a piece of wood statues like this one here. As you can see, it's a parrot. Talking to a, the artist who's doing this, this master who is doing this thing, he would say, as, he, as you're doing this, uh, as he starts off, it's just a log. What are you making? In this case, there's a parrot inside of here. There's a parrot inside the log? Yes, there's a parrot inside the log. And he said, I've got to remove the pieces that don't belong so that you will see the masterpiece. And then he carves a thing like this. People have been doing these things for a long time. Here I have another one. This is a statue. This is Egyptian, uh, cut out of stone. Um, if you want to know who this person is, it's Tutmosis II. Uh, is the, the character of who he was supposed to be here. And you can see it's been carved. Somebody has sat and carved this little thing. Um, I bought this in an Egyptian shop. And you can see it's got little details and stuff like this. But you know what it started out like? Something like that. It was just a block. Maybe not as big as that. It just started off as a block. Inside the block, there was something absolutely beautiful. A statue. A statue, a piece of art, a masterpiece of workmanship. There was one inside of a log. And in this here, there's a block here. And inside of this block, there is a statue that I am slowly carving away the pieces. Now, the thing is, we have to take a hammer and chisel and stuff, and to get to the masterpiece, you got to sit here and break pieces off, right? What I'm trying to do is remove what doesn't belong. And by doing this, I end up with a masterpiece. And so the more I chop on it, ooh, making a mess. <laughs> but the more I chop on this, and the more I hit this thing, I can break off pieces that don't belong, and you end up with the masterpiece. Isn't that an interesting story? Well, the thing is, when we were created, God made us, when he made Adam and Eve and put them in a beautiful garden, and he, he set them in there, and he then made them extremely holy. They were perfect. There was no disease, there was no mutations, there were no illnesses, there was no death. 
That's what the world was like. Eventually, we're going to come back into that. And I think we're getting close to it. But that's how it started off. But man, even though we were the pinnacle, God's masterpiece, what ended up happening was we, we screwed up. And people screwed up, and man sinned. And from that point on, since that moment, not just mankind, but the whole universe, Paul tells us in Romans chapter 1, the whole universe, the whole cosmos is the word that's used, is suffering because of that. That's when sin entered the picture. That's when death entered the picture. There was no death prior to this. Death entered the world. Death entered us. Our DNA started to mutate. Diseases started coming. Illness started to come. People fighting. Anger. Killing. Jealousy. Murderer. Stealing. All these things happened. It was not God's plan. But God made a plan. A way to fix it. Because he says, if you disobey me, I am so holy, you have to be holy to be with me. Well, we are not holy. Don't sit and dwell on this, but I bet every single one of you in here right now, don't dwell on it, can think of something you have done wrong. I can think of plenty. I'm 64 years old. I'm older than a lot of you in here. I have done a lot of wrong things. Things that I'm ashamed of, things I'm sorry for. And the thing is, even just doing one separates me from God Forever, I can't be with him. But my penalty then is death. But God had a plan. Starting in Genesis 3, when the first sin happened, he had a plan. Instead of killing Adam and Eve right out, he sacrificed an innocent animal. And that innocent animal died for them. Well, animal sacrifices went on throughout the Old Testament till we come to when then get to the New Testament, and God had a plan that he would send his perfect holy son, Jesus Christ, to come here among all of us filthy people, and he would live a perfect holy life, and he would take our place in death. He paid our penalty so that now we can live with God as being holy. We go through this physical death here, but now we go into eternal life. If we know Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we go on to that type of life forever and ever, what God had intentionally designed. But the thing is, when you become a Christian, when you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, he changes us. We go through a change. This stone is slowly going through a change. It's changing. There's a change. When people find Christ as their Savior, God starts to change them. They go through a change. In, in careers and stuff, I'm a biologist by trade. So I look at things in the world through the eyes of a biologist. It's just the way God made me. We use in biology a term I bet most of you have heard before, metamorphosis. Metamorphosis, a fun word. It goes back to a Greek word. Um, it's a compound word. It's made up of more than one word. And what it means is to change. I'm going to talk a little bit more about it tomorrow. It means to change the form of something. 
It means to change the nature of something. Something that is going through a metamorphosis is changing into something totally different. Classic example. Anybody ever hear about a thing called a caterpillar changing into a butterfly? Metamorphosis, right? How about a tadpole changing into a frog? Metamorphosis, again. So we see these changes. And in our case, God is doing it with us, and in a supernatural way, he is making us. Totally different. How does he do this? When we become Christians, at that moment, God puts his Holy Spirit inside of us. The Holy Spirit of God indwells us. We now become like a temple or the tabernacle where God dwells. And the thing is, our sins have been forgiven, but you cannot have a holy God living inside of you and continue in the way that you were before you became a Christian. I was not born a Christian, because you aren't born a Christian with physical birth. I didn't become a Christian until I was in eighth grade. And when I became a Christian in eighth grade, my life changed dramatically. In fact, that evening, I found Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior in downtown Chicago at a Billy Graham crusade in Chicago back when I was in eighth grade at the McCormick Place. It's not even called that today. I don't know what they call that building. Chicago is always changing names of buildings. And so it was, that's where it was, right by Lake Michigan. I found Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I accepted the free gift of God. I believe, not just head knowledge, I believe. I put my trust in Jesus. I committed my life to Jesus. And in that moment, God put his Holy Spirit inside of me, and it changed me. Because beforehand, before this happened, I had the foulest mouth. My family was embarrassed by me because I was swearing all the time. I called people's names, bad names. I was a bully on my block. I was a thief. I would break into people's houses and steal money. I was not a very nice person. I didn't honor my parents at all. There was a lot of things I did wrong, a lot of things I'm ashamed of. My parents could hardly even take me to the grocery store because I would steal fruit from the produce aisle and stand in the store and eat it. I would open up cereal boxes. Back in my day, I know kids, I feel so sorry for you because back in my day, when you bought like Rice Krispies or Cheerios or Alphabets or something, they had toys in there. Or if they didn't, then you cut off the box top and you put it in an envelope and you mailed it off and you got one in the mail. You got a toy. I got a train set one time for like five box tops of alphabets. I know children, you probably have no idea what I'm talking about, but those adults, you know what I'm talking about. So I used to open up cereal boxes in the grocery store, stick my hand in the box trying to find the toy. I was terrible. I was a nightmare. But when I became a Christian that night, things changed. My language changed instantly. My older brother was with me, and he noticed on the ride home from Chicago, we lived an hour away, on the ride home, he noticed something was different. That was a Saturday night, because Sunday morning, the next morning, we got up for breakfast, we all ate together, and my dad asked my brother, how was the Billy Graham crusade? 
And Alan, my brother, said, something happened to Michael. I think he became a Christian last night. And the whole family went, what? Him? His language is different. He's changed. He's not the same. Why? Was it something I did? No. It's what the Holy Spirit does inside of us. We go through a metamorphosis. We start changing. We start having the Spirit of God chomping away and taking things that don't belong. That's what's going on. Look at this passage. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 16-18. through 18. But whenever someone turns to the Lord, the veil, this outside garbage, is taken away. For the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. This statue is getting freed up as I take pieces here and chop it off. It's getting freed. You see what's holding this, what's binding this? The statue, you can't even see the beauty of the statue in here, but it's in here. It's being set free. The garbage part is coming off. It continues. So all of us who have had that veil removed, that's talking about Christians, can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like him as we are changed into this glorious image. Do you understand what that means? We just don't get changed. We don't start going through a metamorphosis. We start becoming more like Christ. We start to become more like Christ. God does the work. He does the work. He is like the hammer and the chisel here. This block for this demonstration here represents me. We'll just pretend for a moment this is me. My wife is sitting here, and I'm sure she's thinking, yeah, blockhead, that's right. <laughs> that's not what I'm talking about, but we'll pretend this is me. Inside, deep inside, I'm being changed into more like Christ. But the thing is, I got all this garbage on the outside. God comes along, and in a way takes the hammer and the chisel, and he breaks off pieces. That's what he does. The parts that don't belong, he removes. Let me put it this way. This was me. As I said, I had really, really bad language. Before I became a Christian, I was so, my, my language was terrible. I was cussing and swearing all the time. So God immediately, that's got to come off. On the ride home, my brother noticed my language changed. Did I work to do that? No. God did it with a hammer and a chisel in a way. He broke off the piece that didn't belong. As I told you, I was a thief. Well, that's not like Jesus, so that's got to come off too. So he takes that off. You know, if, if this thing could feel, I bet that would hurt, don't you think? And sometimes the change, the metamorphosis that God has us go through does hurt. Sometimes, though, like, uh, say, some of the things I was, like, um, uh, really making my parents feel bad at times. Well, I was like, God, that's, that's a problem I've got, and I don't like that. I'll help you, Michael. Let's just get rid of that. 
And you can see some things are harder for, than others because sometimes I don't want to give it up. But you know, when it does come off, it's like, oh God, that feels good. Sometimes it does feel good. Sometimes it feels wonderful. Sometimes it doesn't feel good. Sometimes it's swearing, saying God's name in vain. Michael, that's got to come off. Sometimes it's laziness. Hey, Jesus wasn't lazy, so that doesn't fit, Michael. Laziness, it's got to come off. Sometimes it's like living a fake lifestyle. Hey, Jesus didn't do that. That's not Jesus. That's got to come off. Maybe it's something like lying. Oh, God, I, I need help with that. I need you to take that one off. Let me help you, Michael. I'm going to make you more like my son. I'm going to make you more like Jesus. I'm going to take that off. God, some of this, this hurts. This, this is not fun going through this. I know. I know it hurts you. But it's got to be done to make you more like my son. Do you understand? Sometimes we go through difficulties. We go through trials. We go through pain and anguish. These things happen. Why does it happen to me? I'm a Christian. Shouldn't everything go perfect? No, because God has got to change us to be more like his son. So he chops these things off. God, that hurts. Oh, God, don't hit me there. That one's really going to hurt. Michael, it's got to come off. And he does this. Anger. Oh, God, sometimes I, I sort of like to be angry. No, it's not like my son. That's got to come off. Oh, that hurts. Or lust. Jesus didn't lust. That's got to come off. Secret sins. Anybody sitting there with a secret sin that you, oh, God, wish you could take this away. I want, don't want to deal with this anymore. Let me do it. And I'll take it off. God, that hurt. It really hurts when you do that. Maybe idolatry. You got something else that's more important to you than God. That's got to come off. Maybe it's jealousy. Maybe it's pride. Maybe it's a love of money. Oh, that's got to come off. Jesus wasn't like that. That's going to mess up your whole image. You're not going to look like my son, Michael, if you, if you keep the stuff on. Do you see what God does? He's changing us. There's a metamorphosis going on. We're going through these changes. And by going through these changes, he's making us more and more like his son. If the statue could feel pain, don't you think that would hurt? Yeah. And sometimes it does. Sometimes it's very painful. But you know, eventually, you become a masterpiece. You become a beautiful piece of work, a beautiful piece of art. That's what happens when we let God do this. Our verse we're looking at, Ephesians 2.10. This is out of the New Living Translation, which gives us a really easy understanding of what God's trying to tell us. He says, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus, talking about when we become a Christian, so that we can do good things. 
He planned for us long ago. As I am being worked on by God, he's changing me. He's making pieces come off. Yes, sometimes this really hurts. Sometimes it takes a lot of effort um, on God even because I refuse to give things up. Some things I really want to hold on to. And God said, no, you've got to let that come off. Let me do the job. And we go through trials. We go through anguish. We go through troubles and stuff because of that. But what ends up happening? We become God's masterpiece. We become more like his son. So remember, this from this lesson tonight, because we're going to talk more about this tomorrow. We're going to talk more about metamorphosis. We're going to talk more about this, uh, this change that takes place in us and stuff. But this lesson here, first thing, do you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? In other words, have you trusted him? Have you put your life into his hands? Have you committed your life to him? Because that's what he's asking. It's not head knowledge. I grew up in a church family. I knew that I was supposed to become a Christian. That's what I was supposed to do. I knew that Jesus Christ was the Son of God. I knew that he was born of the Virgin Mary. I knew that he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. I knew that he was arrested by the, the Romans and the high priest. I knew that they put him on trial. I knew that they scourged him with whips. I knew that they crucified him. I knew that he was put into the tomb and he was dead. And I knew that three days later he rose from the grave and he walked around proving who he was. And I knew that he ascended back up into heaven and he is alive today. You know something? I knew all of that and I was not a Christian. I knew the historical facts of who Jesus was. I never put my trust, I never committed my life to him until that night in eighth grade. That's when everything changed. My regret is I didn't do it earlier because I hurt an awful lot of people. Second thing, you are not junk. Don't let anybody ever tell you that you're junk, that you're worthless. I was an unwanted pregnancy. My parents didn't plan on me. I was the last one born. My dad wanted to put me up for adoption because we couldn't afford it. We were so poor. My mom says, I'm carrying this baby for nine months. We are not getting rid of it. But I grew up knowing I was not wanted. My older brother <laughs> used to tell me this. I had a fear of going into shopping markets and, and stores and malls and stuff, thinking my parents were just going to drop me off and take off. That's how I grew up. I thought I was useless. I thought I was a piece of junk. You are not a piece of junk. You can be a masterpiece in the hands of God. And a masterpiece is worth a whole lot. They become priceless. You are a masterpiece. Don't let anybody ever tell you that you're worthless, that you're a piece of junk. No, because God says, no, you're a masterpiece. In that verse, God makes you a masterpiece. That's a promise from him. Next, it says, you are a masterpiece. Then we come to number four. You will be chiseled on by God. It happens. I have had so many neck surgeries and back surgeries, I have lost count. Truly, I cannot count how many surgeries I've had. That's one way God molds me. 
That's one of the things that he puts on me, and he says, you know, Michael, um, I'm going to take have to have it that you're going to have part of your colon removed. That's got to come up. Well, God, I need a colon. No, I need this to come out of you for something. So about 10 years ago, I had a large section of my colon removed, my large intestine. And I'll tell you what happened. When I was in the, in the hospital, and you know what they always do on TV when this happens? See, I'm in the hospital. I can't have anything to eat for days, for weeks. I could not eat anything. I wasn't even allowed to have water. And everything, I got a TV room, or TV in the hospital room, right? Guess what is constantly on? Cooking shows. <laughs> Burger King commercials. Kentucky Fried Chicken. Wendy's, McDonald's, Olive Garden, Red Lobster. <laughs> it was torture. But as hard as that was, I remember on the last day I was there, as they were coming in to take the tubes and stuff out of me so that I could go home, I remember sitting there, and the nurse who was coming in and stuff and was talking, I said, you know, well, she says, I'm so glad that you're doing better and able to go home. I said, you know something, though? If I had the choice, if God had given me the choice to have to go through this, I would do it again. And she says, what? I said, during this week, I have grown so close to God I have almost like felt his presence right in here with me. In a way, I don't want to leave. I feel so close to him. I'm so glad he chiseled that part of me. Sometimes it hurts a lot. But the thing is, it's always happening to help us. And then the last, chiseling hurts. It's not fun. But the whole point is, it makes us more like Jesus. The more I chop this off, and break off these pieces. As we keep going, there's a statue inside here waiting to come out. I just have to remove the parts that don't belong. I hope you enjoyed that episode. A big thank you is due to our donors for making this ministry possible. Once again, you can become a donor at evidenceforfaith.org slash give and help us keep this broadcast free. That's evidence, the number four, faith.org slash give. You can also support us by sharing, subscribing, and leaving a review on this podcast. If you would like to hear Michael live, you can check out our bookings calendar at evidenceforfaith.org. This is Charlotte signing off. I'll see you on the next episode.